Welcome everyone to Fire and Water, the podcast. We think of this uh, offering as uh, something about coming of age in this age. And Quanita and I continue our work to cultivate some wise leadership uh, in folks and in ourselves. We are your hosts, Quinita Robertson and myself, Tennyson Wolf. And uh, today we are in a little bit of a restart mode to yeah. uh, resume some regularity with our podcast. We like this format to be able to share some learning or develop some learning out loud and invite others into it. And somewhere in the, the winds of life, we let some of this slide a little bit. Today, we're picking it up, and I feel glad that we're picking it up. Me too. So, Tennyson, today, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. We've been in a conversation around trauma, and just there's been lots of um, conversations happening about trauma-informed care, about um, you know how to tend to our own trauma, how to tend to other trauma, how to recognize trauma. And I just, we were in what I consider a, a delicious little conversation yesterday about trauma and wanted to take it a little further and just be in conversations ourselves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, well, I'll, I will just say what I started off with in our conversation. One of the things I said is my personal definition for trauma mm -hmm. is when there's an overload to the system, whatever system you have, whether it's an emotional system, whether it's your physical body, whether it's your you know, any system, when there's a overload to the system, there's a possibility for trauma to occur. Um, why? Well, let me change that. I would say that trauma occurs. Now, whether we tend to it right away or whether we don't tend to it and it stays with us is another issue. Um, can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I'll try. Um, there's a little backing up for me, Quanita. I realized uh, if I were the first voice here, I would say, so what's potent and poignant in your learning here? <laughs> and so in some way, I'm responding to, to that and then, you know, turning my attention a little bit over to some of the trauma stuff. I think you have um, some uh, helpful, I find helpful grounding on how to position all of that. Uh, I feel like I don't know quite the right beginning when I start speaking about trauma, and I don't feel like I have a neatly tucked in end when I start speaking about trauma. But one of the pieces that's in the middle for me that um, really garners some of my attention is that there's a lot of, a lot of effort these days uh, to become trauma-informed. And um, people doing some really good stuff. Like, you know, I think of some of my counselor friends who, who are really, you know, experienced and, and well-disciplined and lots of stuff around how they work with trauma. And then there's this generalized trauma narrative that has come into being a human being. Um, this is one of the parts for me, the, the work of awareness, the work of an informedness around trauma matters. And even though it sounds like I'm going to jump way too far ahead here, yeah. I, I personally, I can't have that be the only thing. There needs to be something for me around 
from that awareness, how is it that we move towards an expanded imagination or an expanded creativity with one another? So I realized that there's a very strong, um, you know, orientation by some around uh, preventing harm or even repairing harm. And I think that's important work. But if I'm responding to where does my heart call me, that has to, the response to that has to include um, how is it that any of us find what I think is a bigger imagination together or a bigger layer of kindness with one another? Um, and it has something to do with integrating the experiences that we have, including the wound-causing experiences. But it's also got something to do with like, further releasing our imaginative capacity, something like that. You can see, I, like, yeah. I, I, I feel like I don't know, I, I, I don't feel like I have a great beginning or a neatly tucked in end, but I want that somewhere in the conversation around trauma. Let me pause and see where you go. I think for me, so where I go is the first question that I'm all often asking is, the, it's the so what? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so I know this about trauma or, you know, what am I to do with it? And I think so often the conversations around trauma, um, when you're not a therapist necessarily, <laughs> um, the conversations around trauma are, have been around reducing harm, which I think that um, you can't know that for someone because of the way trauma works. I don't know if it's an overload of your system. I don't know where your system will be overloaded. And so in some ways it's, that's a, like, that's nothing I can ever figure out. I can't figure out like, oh, if I do this, you're going to be traumatized because for one person, it may be traumatizing for another person. It may not be. Um, So I think that that's kind of a a little bit of a miss. Um, I also think that there is this piece of so much of it is focused on other instead of ourselves. And because we can't give what we don't have, if I'm not aware intending to my own trauma, even though I can be well-intended, I can only give what I have. So if I don't have a level of love and care and concern for myself, that what I'm putting out is going to be tainted by my own trauma too. And that isn't a whole bunch of conversation that I'm hearing having. I'm hearing have about how it, how it can look and, but because it matters who it's coming from as well, um, I think it's tricky. I was on a call with um, a couple weeks ago and there was this author of a book and he actually, I loved his book, very heartfelt from, from a community belonging. And um, there was a point in the process where I realized, oh my goodness, he's still speaking from his trauma. Mm. Something had happened the day before that he mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I think trauma is tricky. I think we think the instant instance happens and then it's like, there may even be an hour or something that they're affected by it, but then it's done. Well, this was the next day Mm -hmm. and he was still in it. And I think trauma is tricky that way is it steps in and it kidnaps us. And because most of us are pretty adapt at showing up and doing our job or going through our day that it's hard to always recognize it. Matter of fact, I didn't even recognize it until even though he said this happened yesterday and I'm still feeling it. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't recognize that he was responding out of his trauma until he read some of the book that he had written. And it was two different voices and I could hear the distinct difference. Well, I think the thing that I pick up from what you just spoke is there is a kidnapping that I, I am watching happen. Um, and I don't want to get too like nutty about that description. Uh, you, you know with me that I am quite fond of the saying slash principle that is, um, uh, it is except when it's not. And in this case, like trauma, <clears throat> looking through the lens of trauma is really important, except when it's not, or is really helpful, except when it's not. And um, so I, I feel a, a sort of caution in me uh, around uh, beginning to see too much through one lens. Uh, it stands out to me as a principle that if we're looking for something, we'll find it. And where it gets really tricky also is when we're looking for something that really matters and has been largely unseen in the world, um, there is a tendency to start seeing everything through that lens. And, and that does not feel helpful to me. That doesn't feel like the wisest approach to me. I'm trying to, trying to simplify in a in a silly way. Um, I remember when my, my spouse and I were uh, looking to buy a car 20 years ago and we were able to do that and we were considering options. And at some point we just decided, okay, we, we want a white car and this particular brand of a white car. And all of a sudden we started seeing that white car that particular brand everywhere because we we're looking for it, right? There's a way in which you can oversee, see it too much. Um, and it becomes less helpful in a trauma way. Uh, I, I, I think it continues to matter to be able to see it honestly, authentically. Um, and, and I'm appreciating like some of the basic steps. I mean, I'm, I, among other things, I'm a facilitator here. That means I'm working with groups of people. And that means some things, emotional states show up, including trauma responses. I'm glad for the people that bring in some basic teachings around how we soothe or how we notice, like from the balcony, our own emotions and feelings, how we come to learn to accept those or be with them, be in a relationship with them. Uh, you know, how, how we pay attention uh, to all of that and stay present. And I'm glad for the physical teachings. You know, some people are, are talking about tapping and um, uh, just some overarching movement that is needed so that we can be in our bodies with these, you know, strong emotional states and so forth. I'm glad for all of that. I do not want to lose the, the storyline and the emphasis that there is something uh, that I believe we humans can create and find with one another that includes some awareness of these states, but also goes beyond that into something bigger. Hmm. 
I feel I feel like I feel like when I say these things that I'm I'm sort of like not wanting to pop my head all the way up when I say it, like just hold it down a little lower <laughs> because I feel like I'm saying some things that I think they're important, but they might contradict, you know, some of the ways of of being trauma-informed. I uh, am, I think there's spaces for that too. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, you know, if I go back to fire and water and what we are up Thank to you. and this piece around what does it mean to grow up adolescent adults, mm-hmm. you know, so much of this environment of trauma-informed care is being handed to adolescent adults mm-hmm. and not initiated adults, not adults who've done more of their healing journey. And so it's being held and is coming through that lens. And I think that um, what that often does is look externally instead of internally. And to me, I think the first step in the trauma informed is you have to know your own. Mm -hmm. You have to be um, willing to go into you have to be willing and have the maturity to lean into your own trauma and tend to it. And I think that we're not often starting from that place with people. Yeah. And that that then is the, it's actually a way that we avoid Mm -hmm. tending to our own trauma. It's another, you know, kind of tricky um, runaround. Because then I don't have to face my own trauma if I'm nope. tending to somebody else's. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I can tend to you um, yeah. not knowing that, again, you and I often will hold that the external reflects the internal and vice versa. So if it's showing up externally, there's probably a piece of it there for you too, you know, yeah. that's happening on the inside for you to tend to. Um, and it, it becomes in some places an end run around doing yeah. our own work. And what I'm more curious about and more interested in is how do we expand each of our awareness of what our own trauma is and where are the places that I'm being triggered and how I can take responsibility for that and clean it up myself. You know, so like in a culture that talks about, you know, our people speak often and you triggered me, you know, I often will say triggers by definition are rooted in your past. And so that's your business. If you're telling me that just for information's sake, then that's wonderful. But that's really yours to clean up because it's not rooted in what's happening in the moment. It's rooted Mm -hmm. in something that had been there before. Yeah. And so having those conversations, and again, that doesn't mean that I personally don't have something of my own to clean up, but it means that my cleanup is none of your business. Mm -hmm. Your cleanup is yours and my cleanup is mine. And that's how we start taking more responsibility uh, for ourselves and for um, for the pain that has been dumped on us, that we're not just transferring that pain instead of transforming it ourselves. Yeah, that's good. If, if I play with that, Quinita, the taking responsibility, taking responsibility is a good thing. Taking responsibility for what? Taking responsibility, to me, it sounds like an integration, like we... Yes. we any of us have a uh, sort of responsibility or a need to integrate our life experiences, uh, be they those that were the painful experiences that we learn from, or be they those that were of an of a more joyful nature that we also learn from. Um, 
I shared with you earlier that there was an article that I ran across this morning that that was entitled, and I think the main point was something about the reductive seduction of solving others' problems. And it goes into really a description, less of trauma kinds of things here, but more of uh, the way that there's such a pattern for, um, in this case, Americans, it was described as young, smart, intelligent, good folks uh, going off to work on, quote, third world problems. And, um, you know, having such, such real and genuine in, intent like that, and in a way, not taking on what's happening at home. And you could use the at home here to talk about, you know, the, the person, the one person also. So I think what stands out to me in this, in the spirit of continuing in a learning out loud and inviting others into it, uh, is that there is there to me, there's always something about how do we form more of a relationship? And sometimes that's more of a relationship with our own trauma. Sometimes that's more of a relationship with people in our community and, um, you know, the historical patterns that have existed there. What is unavoidable, unavoidable, what's utterly necessary to me is there will always be some, some requirement to tend to our stuff. Yep, tend to our own business. And yet we do that also in relationship with community. Yes. And so at the same time that we're tending to the utterly personal, there is something in the communal that informs and helps or can help with all of that. And that's not an easy, that's like, that's not an easy sweet spot to find. I know for me, I've got times when it's like, no, leave me alone. I cannot pick this up. I cannot address this. And I cannot articulate any of that. I just need some of my own space. And then there's other times when it's like, no, we, we need to be in community around this. What is your experience of this? What is my experience of this? Together, we find something together. But that sweet spot of how, how we do our individual work and how we do it with or in relationship with community, boy, that continues to feel like a big deal. Yeah, I think a part of that too, Tennyson, for me, is this piece around realizing that um, we are, as humans, we need each other. So we are in community with each other, whether we want to be or not. It's just the nature of who we are. And that there's some awareness of the other people in the community. And there's still this piece of... Um, I get to be me and you get to be you, mm -hmm. you know, and that's tending to our things. And that's also in moments, your trauma does kidnap you or my trauma does kidnap me and being aware of, oh, when it shows up, that's what it is. I remember at one point saying, you know, I want to talk to my friend. I don't want to talk to the trauma, like in this moment. And, and it's that like, we each go there because it's part of being human. You can't be on this planet, I don't believe, and not at some point have an overload to the system. And so we each have our own, and it's part of the nature, I think, of being human and having some compassion for each other and for ourselves in that process as we find our way. That's beautiful, that's well stated. Uh, anything else for this particular edition of uh, Fire and Water podcast that you wanna speak to tuck us in here? I think just if people are curious, I'm curious about what questions other people have and they can put that in mm -hmm. notes of the podcast if they want to share and then maybe 
at another point, we'll pick it up and have another conversation. Yeah, that's good. I think the tucking in for me is, uh, I know for me, I, I sort of need to peek behind. I think the intent of all of this is around some awakeness and some awareness. And for you and I, in so much of the work that we're doing, it's about, <coughs> excuse me, about creating, adding to uh, some wisdom to be able to work in wise ways and soulful ways, to be in wise ways and soulful ways with one another. And uh, it feels like this is an important part of all of that. I'm glad that we're kind of pulling it apart a little bit to just see, ooh, there's a few few ways of being able to look at this and encounter it too. Yeah. I'm glad for your ability to do that too. Thanks. I would think one more, just the one more yeah. thing I would say is that, you know, one probably practice that um, or value that I've learned from you is this whole piece of being willing to willing to learn in public. <laughs> and there's a piece of this that will continue to grow and live in both of us, I'm sure, and change and that it's not a stagnant thing. Um, and just in inviting that as well. Like, you know, I think some of this time is requiring that of us to be willing yeah. to take each moment as a new one. I appreciate that to all of you who are uh, listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, and thanks for your support and your contributions in how you even just engage some of these notions. Uh, because there's so many of us that are committed to trying to be in wise ways in a world that often doesn't feel wise or is just diff super difficult to sort and understand. Uh, we have a few websites uh, where you can follow up further. Quinita's is nizuzu.com, mine is tennisonwolf.com. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for your attentiveness today. Yeah, thank you.